So I've been watching the G1 Climax 27, which is the annual New Japan Pro Wrestling Tournament. There are actually a couple of them, but this one is the round robin that you have an A block and a B block, and they fight it out, and whoever wins their blocks it then meets. This has been going on, this is the 27th, like I mentioned, but it's interesting because of where New Japan is right now. New Japan has a bunch of legitimate Hall of Fame level talents. And one of the reasons why it's so important is that it is, it's, it's the sign of what's next. Because typically the winner of the G1 Climax is the next big challenger, often at the Tokyo Dome, for example. And it's usually the next person who's going to be the next big breakout star. Usually it's who's going to be the next big native breakout star. Uh, For example, you have a bunch of guys who were great in the early 90s who made their bones, more or less, by winning the tournament. Where it gets really interesting is New Japan has had its ups and downs, and it's right now on a major upswing. That really started, I think, in 2011-12 with the ascension of Shinsuke Nakamura, who won in 2011, uh, with uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, who's won twice now. I think first time was like 2007. Where you have these major talents. Of course, Okada has won twice. Naito won in uh, 2013. But last year was the year in which legitimately they made a star in Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega had already been the IWGP Intercontinental Champion, and he became the first non-Japanese wrestler to win. Oddly enough, he's not the first American wrestler to win. One, he's not American, he's Canadian. And two, Masahiro Chono, the first winner, born in Seattle. But neither here nor there. What's fascinating about the tournament is how big a deal it is over such a big period of time. The first G1 was one of the best tournaments of all time. And some amazing matches just blow the doors off. I think that was two or 1991. Uh, there was a lot of, there was a lot of movement towards establishing Chono and Muto and Hashimoto as the superstars for the next generation. Muto had already pretty much been established by the point, but this really solidified them as the leaders, sort of phasing down uh, Riki Choshu and Tatsumi Fujinami, though he did win very early. And especially, of course, Antonio Inoki. These were the guys who would never be as big as that level, but they would get very, very close. This year's tournament, the first night, what they usually do is they have tag matches for the guys who aren't in uh, tournament matches for that night and for the tag teams. And then they have a few tournament matches. And I watched two of them from the opening night. And the first one I'm going to talk about is actually the main event, is uh, Tatsuya Naito versus... Kota Ibushi. This was a phenomenal match. Naito is the best heel in the world right now. I can't think of anyone who comes close. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, Kevin Owens on a good day. But he's awesome with this arrogant, just, he does this great moment in the early on where uh, Ibushi knows that he's about to dive, but he sort of does this backflip and goes straight into a layout, uh, hey baby, what's up? on the ground, and it's awesome. And then Ibushi echoes that later. It's stiff as all hell. It's brilliantly paced. It's more than 30 minutes, I think. But the entire way through, what you're noticing isn't the individual spots so much, though there were a few very notable ones. 
but the ways in which they work off of one another. I'm not talking about the classic, you know, oh, he worked on his shoulders, so he sold the shoulder right. No, but this is more, they were working towards high-impact moves, but there were sections where they had to sort of create that opening, and they couldn't quite get the opening so they could do the move. And the biggest, craziest spots in this match, both of them are Ibushi onto Naito. And one is the German suplex off the ropes. Ibushi's standing on the middle of the strand, and he takes Naito from the outside and over. And it's beautiful. But the other one is Naito taking the pile driver off the middle rope. And it's gorgeous. It's, it's one of the most beautiful pile driver spots I've ever seen. They told a great story. It was incredibly physical. It was intense. It was intelligent. It was the type of match that you want to be the main event of G1 to sell it as a big deal. The other one I watched was Zack Sabre Jr., one of my personal favorites, versus one of my less personal favorites, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Yes, I know, he's great. He's Bret Hart, and I was never a huge Bret Hart fan. That's really... Listen to my episode about Okada Tanahashi, and you'll understand some more of my feelings on him. This match was... Boom! That's the only way to put it. This match established Sabre as a superstar, to anyone who was really paying attention. G1 losses sort of have a minimized effect. G1 wins have a gigantic effect, which is a neat little idea of the back and forth. They've managed to find a way that stars can lose and lose clean, and young guys can come up and establish themselves, sometimes with a single win. I don't know if this went that far, but it's certainly damn close. The idea was Sabre was working body parts to try and get a submission on, and the man is a submission machine. He is so good. Tanahashi was just being Tanahashi. He's being good. Uh, great, let's be honest. But the thing was, he knew exactly how to feed offense to Saber that Zack could turn into his submission. That's hard. It's not placing these submissions on that's a hard part. It's making it look like it is a natural occurrence, which requires the perfect, precise play of your opponent. And Tanahashi is great at that. Never let it be said that I have not given Tanahashi his due. I just don't think he's due as much as he deserves. Or deserved as much as he's due. Never mind. This match alone is worth seeking out. It's shorter. I think it's about 20 minutes. It is a exploration of the new generation versus the current generation. Tanahashi beautifully represents the current generation. And I think what a lot of people sort of forget about Tanahashi is that he's pushing 40. Actually, I think he's over 40. I think he's almost 42. Uh, 41, almost. But he right now is the star, and he's, in a way, he has been finally pushed aside by Okada. Very much the same as we were seeing, uh, if you look at 95, 96, 97. It's very similar to the transition from Hart to Michael, with the exception I don't think these two have the personal animosity. <laughs> he is one of the reasons why New Japan actually made its comeback why it became the number two professional wrestling promotion in the world. But here's where it gets weird. Sabre is this new idea that is an old idea. It is the submission master who is willing to go through an endless variety of holds to get you in the one he wants you in. This is a new generation thought. In a way, it's analogous to what we're seeing from guys like Ricochet, like Will Ospreay, 
the flyers, the guys who are set in their path, who have this technique, and they they vary from it somewhat, but they are presenting this within a typical context of the current generation. In essence, they are representing the different aspects of what is going to be big. This is my problem with main event style, that the concept of main event style, particularly as it's presented by the WWE and what a lot of people say is Triple H, is that it is a uniform style where everyone is working within the same sort of bounds. And when someone comes in that doesn't quite fit that mold, think when Kurt Angle came in, he was very different. And he sort of normalized and fell into that style later. But he was a very different style. What we're seeing now, and I think this match tells it more than anything, is that what is next necessarily is going to be Differing styles in the main event. That this idea that Tanahashi and Okada, Okada is more varied, but he plays it in a different way. But Tanahashi and Naito to a degree as well represent the current style. And by mixing in guys like Saber, and I would not be surprised to see them move Ricochet up to the heavies and have him be a legitimate contender. Because they represent sort of the infusion of a new style that can play off of the traditional main event style. Here that happens beautifully. And in the end, Saber won. Saber got Tanahashi to submit. That is so important to the entire story of where Saber is going to go from here. Tanahashi is the IWGP Intercontinental Champion. And one of the things that happens in the G1 is that it sets up the next challengers for the belts. And last year we saw when uh, Marafuji pinned Okada in the tournament. He got a title shot at the IWGP title. I think we're going to see that here. I think Sabre is going to be the next challenger for the Intercontinental belt. I would not be shocked to see him win. It'd be kind of cool, in fact. Because I... I see New Japan as realizing that it can make changes in that way. And I think this would be the biggest switch they've done in years. They haven't pulled the string on Omega, which I think is a negative for them. But I really think this is the year that we're going to see a big change in New Japan and how they give us new stars. And if they make the the skinny kid from England, a legitimate contender towards the top of the belt, towards the top of the card, great. That is awesome. That makes me incredibly happy. So that was night one. Night two, I haven't gotten a chance to watch yet, but I will. A couple of matches that are coming up are just trying to find them now. I had them down and now they're gone. Where is it? Um, hmm. I can't find it. Well... There's night one. There was a list of night two. Ah, here we go. Uh, night two is on tomorrow, uh, 5.30 a.m. Eastern from Kirkenhall. And I don't know what the main event's going to be. I think this is all B-Block. We've got Kenny Omega versus Minoru Suzuki. Uh, uh, Kazuchika Okada versus Taru Yano, who I've actually, I don't know if I've seen much from him. Uh, Kojima versus Juice Robinson, which should be awesome. I like Kojima a lot more than a lot of folks, and Juice Robinson's amazing. Uh, Evil versus Sonata. Uh, Michael Elgin versus Tomatonga has 
potential to be really good. So these are sort of the guys that I'm most interested in. As much as I love Naito, and especially Saber, uh, and Bushi, I really want to see Omega. I really want to see Okada. Elgin is a personal favorite, and so is Juice. One of the more interesting characters in this is Evil. Uh, he's not going to win a lot of matches, but Evil is a lot of fun. Uh, I'm a G1 fan. I'm not a New Japan fan so much. I love G1. I love this concept. And while WrestleMania is the biggest single event, I don't think anything gets the juices flowing in its home country as much as G1 does. So stay tuned. We'll have more about G1 over the next few weeks.